the ship of a lifetime. It took him all summer to build it. I'm gonna fly it right up to Carillion Engineering's front door. And one night to lose it. Hey, that's my ship. You stole my ship. And a whole summer to get it back. Disney presents Corellian Corvette Summer. Somebody stole my blockade runner. Words out, it's on Kessel. You've got a Corvette. Starring Mark Hamill, who's back from Slipstream, and Annie Potts, who's out of this galaxy. You're gonna spend the night. Got it, Nerf Herder? If he knew as much about Twi'lek dancers as he does about transport ships, he wouldn't be so nervous. Pull off those duds, Sky Sailor, and let me see what you got. Sure. Uh, okay. And if she knew as much about spaceships as she does about spice smugglers... What do you drink? She wouldn't be so jealous. Hyperdrive oil? And if you knew as much as they know about this orange-highlighted CR90 Corvette, you'd be chasing it too. I'm helping you, you dope. I'm helping you find your spaceship. He's into fast ships. Is she fast? She's the ship that made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Parsec is a measure of distance, Bantha Poodoo. She's into having head tentacles. Together they find love, excitement, and danger. On the trail of a stolen Corvette. Stop this ship! Stop it! I'm getting out! Oh no you're not. Mark Hamill, Annie Potts. It's the Twi'lek, the capital ship, and the time that separates men from the whiny Tatooine moisture farmers, Corellian Corvette Summer. It's a terrific ship. A ferro-magnesium romance. Hello and welcome to Sneaker Madness, the movie this week. Oh, by the way, I'm Justin. I got Sam and I got Jackie. Hi. Yeah. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Good. Well, if you didn't guess it, the movie this week is Corvette Summer. 1978's Corvette Summer, is that correct, Sam? 1978? First, I'll say that I'm okay as well. Good. Good for you. What we about that Corvette Summer? That. 1978, yes. Starring Mark Hamill and Annie Potts, if you haven't guessed it. The movie, unfortunately, is not on Netflix or YouTube. You're going to have to pay for this one. It you know, you is know it's totally not, worth it, though. You know who's not, it, who it's not starring? Uh, Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher is not in this one. She got left on the cutting room floor. Oh. Was she supposed to be in this we'll one? We'll learn that Are later. Are you making fun of Jackie's plugging her I nose to, am to the voice of Annie Potts? doing a little bit of foreshadowing for my later segment. Hmm. Oh. Try, trying to spark interest, are we? Well, we'll get to that later. Right now, it's time for streaming do's and don'ts. This is all Netflix again. Your first one up. Sam, you didn't watch a single movie this week. Didn't I? Yeah, didn't I? Didn't I? No, you did not. First up is Repo, the genetic opera. Jackson and I watched this. Jackie, why don't you take lead here? <laughs> Since it's singing and dancing, essentially. In the graveyard. In the graveyard. Graveyard. There's some murderers. The Repo Man. The Repo Man. Doesn't sound like I want to watch this one. It was really kind of stupid. It fucking sucked ass. This 
was nigh as painful experience as A Star is Born for me. Really? I didn't it think it was that bad. Sucked ass. Because here's the, the, the why suck ass. So it's it's part goth. Actually, it's a lot of goth. Like which sucks. <laughs> goth fucking sucks. No, it doesn't. Goth fucking sucks. Goth is awesome. I thought it was a goth opera. Uh, and then we're like, probably is we're like uh, down and shit. Uh, and then you you um, just don't understand what it's like to be sad for yeah, no sad reason all the time and, for no reason. Oh, and also everything has to be black and white. Whatever. Um, and then you take the 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 snooty smugness of steampunk okay this is really pissing me off now and then uh sprinkle in a little cyberpunk and then uh cgi helicopter crane shots all over the fucking place and then the singing music style of les miserables where it's just lines like i need to go to the bathroom well why do you go there because there's no toilet paper I think the worst one in that movie was the I'm 17. Yeah. And you can't tell me what to do song. I was it wasn't, like, there's not, they're not okay. songs. Unless they're you're... not fucking songs. Yeah. It sounds lame. It's just, it's just a script that people are like, well, just, just go for shit. Just sing in a sing song voice and then we'll make music around it. And people are so fucking stupid that they won't even fucking know the difference between a song and somebody just sucking at something. Huh. It sucked. It was an interesting storyline. But then, there's a story? Yeah, there's a story there, dude. Sorry, but there is. And it was an interesting storyline, but, you know, I just um couldn't get down with that genetic opera. There is... Here's... Fucking doing it this way, there has to be so much exposition for you to understand what's going on because everybody is just sitting there singing, I need to go to the bathroom. Well... <laughs> they don't say that. They don't say that in this film. That would it, be good if they did that. Maya's, Maya's, might as well have. Like, Daddy, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to work today, darling. There's It'll so much fucking exposition. And because everything that they're saying or singing is an actual sentence that takes, well, I got to go to work. It takes no time. But when you go, I got to go to work today, that takes a long time. And you times that by all this time. They're, uh, you Timesing know, it by times the time. By all the time. There's no room for any fucking actual story. So the story is minuscule compared to the amount of time that is taken by just exposition. I am walking down the hall right now. Well, no fucking die. You don't well, need to sing that. You are you, are you saying that sometimes they're singing the pictures that are in front of you that don't need to be sung? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, a classic mistake in any sort of film and television is not telling the story with the pictures and using sound to accentuate that. Yeah. No, it fucking blew. Do not do repo the space opera. Genetic. The, genetic. Genetic opera. opera. You know, yeah. I'm going to give it a, a halfway. Ugh. A semi. A semi. Give you a, a semi musical boner. It yep. gave me a semi. What is it when your wiener crawls up inside your body? Because it's got the, such the a revolted turtle boner. head. Yeah, turtle head. <laughs> Give me one of those, a semi-turtle head. Your wiener went up inside you so far that the other turtle head came out your butt? Yep, exactly. Mm. That is totally what happened. I didn't happened. think it was that bad. It sucked. I hated it. Next up is... Mortal Kombat! I have seen this a couple of times. Yeah, Actually, I've seen this about seen this five times. Everybody, many people have seen this movie. This movie made a shitload of cash, just so you know. Like, yeah. this is not a flop. It should be. It should have been. It, it sucks. made a bucket of cash. It sucks bad. So, little fun fact behind Mortal Kombat has nothing to do with the movie, but the soundtrack sold six million copies in one day. 
When we were in high school, one of our friends used to play it on the keyboard to impress ladies. Mortal Kombat! And then, and then somebody was always like, do you know the rest of it? And he would look up and go, there, well, he'd get through that part and then he'd be like, there isn't a rest of it. <laughs> it's just that over and over again. With, with Mortal Kombat! Yeah, exactly. I would do that part. The ladies didn't like me either. Oh. They did. I like the movie, though. <laughs> I the movie was so pretty here's cool. what I asked Justin when we were talking about you guys watching it last weekend was, uh, was it better than Beowulf? Yes. No. No, it was not better. Beowulf not, is... No, the Beowulf with Lambert. No. 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 The no, same people. So, yeah. Yeah. So, totally the same people. No, uh, but it was still entertaining. Lambert I still liked it. is actually kind of like, as Raiden, uh, upon having revisited so much Lambert recently... He kind of actually does okay as an actor in this film. I mean, it's dumb. He's boring when but he's, you don't want boring out of him. The only fun... Th- he, and he's not on screen a whole lot. No, he's... He was there for like two days. Yeah, yeah. He does whiz out a little bit where he, he'll deliver a line and be like, You guys need to stop this because the world will die if you don't win this this Mortal Kombat. Ha 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 You sound more like Herzog. Yeah. Mm. No, it's hard to do a good Lambert because he's... It's, where are you from? My penis... He That's cares, what he cares so much. I care too much. Don't <laughs> yeah, go in I, there. It's They'll still, swim up your penis. It's still a lot of fun. The effects are so bad. Shitty. And so Billy Madison's bad. girlfriend is fucking oh, terrible. She is awful. She's so bad. Pete Sampras's wife, whatever the hell her name is. Bridget Wilson. Bridget yeah. Wilson. Whatever. Miss oh, Sampras. Yeah. Is, it's, uh, it's Vanessa fun. Vaughn. It's a good time. Veronica Vaughn. Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, I totally would revisit Mortal Kombat. I, 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 give, I it give it a, a do. I, I give it a do. Yep. Uh, next up is Age of Ice, an asylum film starring absolutely no one. Did not watch it. You did not. Oh, God. I also did not. Oh, God. It was so bad. I fell asleep about, uh, oh, God, hour into it. I didn't make it through it, the whole thing. It was awful. Just don't. It's really bad. And it's textbook asylum. It is everything that's wrong with the asylum. Because it's a stupid, it's a stupid story, which is fine. Uh, but they are so bad at making films that you can't tell what's happening on screen. So because they just don't know how to shoot anything, and they don't know how to tell a story either. So a lot of times when you watch an asylum film, like when we were watching Bermuda Tentacles, I was just more uh, fixated on how bad Linda Hamilton was doing. And that was what made it enjoying. It was like, well, she looks really like paying hell. attention to what the hell was no, happening. No, the movie had nothing because to do. you can't tell what's happening. So they don't they... know how to it, it either edit or or just be like, we're going to get this shot. It's like, no, there's a shot that's, hey, there's a man walking, and then all of a sudden he's not in the it, frame anymore. It's just filler. And if they don't actually bring in a washed-up celebrity, it can be very difficult to watch because you're just watching what should be in-between events, but there's no events there's not, it's in between, so it's just, it's filler for 90 minutes. Yeah. Well, and this one was going for the family dynamic, you know, this well, it's, it's family a of four. disaster movie. Disaster movie, right? They're trying to make it to the safe point. And really, you just want them to be like, okay, little Timmy, that's fine. You just fell off of a pyramid. <laughs> It's covered in because, ice. Because why, be, or why? how, or when. You can't yeah. tell. It's just little just, Timmy's running towards something, and then all of a sudden the next shot is him falling down the side of a pyramid. What? Yeah, an iced-over pyramid. And you're just kind of like, well, at that point, oh, just let him Timmy's die. falling off the back of a train, because he just... It's real. Yeah, bad. you want little Timmy, just them to be like, you know what? Fuck that kid. 
We I, have got to get to the safe one, and that kid is a liability. I'm actually going to give uh, Age of Ice a do, because it is birdemic bad. Could you couldn't stay awake? I It was 2 in the morning. So, it's a rough one. To you know what? I, mean, I have not given a do to one that I couldn't stay awake from. I always just say I couldn't stay awake. And you right. can't you can't tell That's the true. audience to watch something that you yourself uh, couldn't until you watch the rest of That's it. That's very so, objective of you. I am vetoing your do. Oh, no. So that means a big old don't. Yeah, it's a one. Well, that's a one don't. It's a one, one of one or a zero of one don't. And a will fill in later if I get the chance. And another one where I'm just probably not going to even try to watch it because Jackie has convinced me not to. No, it's mm-mm. well, you, Jackie, get, you get another opportunity because you you're in the bonus round this week for streaming do's and don'ts. That's right. The Cobbler, starring Adam Sandler. Yes, I did watch this what? one. Yes, I watched it by myself. Why don't Why don't you tell the people listening at home if they haven't seen The Cobbler what The Cobbler's about? So, Adam Sandler is a cobbler, which means he makes shoes, mm-hmm. if you didn't know what that was. And he comes from a generations of cobblers that have worked in the store in New York Singular. City. Catch the sing- a generations. Yes. Oh, <laughs> many generations of cobblers. A Star Trek generations of yes, cobblers. Yes, cobblers. Did William Shatner. And they have a very special angel-brought um, stitcher machine that does the bottom of the soles of these shoes. Well, if he... That was the whole point of a cobbler, is that you actually do that by hand, and that's what makes it the point of going to a cobbler. Uh, no. It's not machined. <laughs> yeah, that's... This is, that shit. Otherwise, this is... you just buy the shit from Thailand, like Nike. Yeah, get it from the, the <laughs> children with tiny hands that are making it. Yeah, so anyway, he figures... So he's doing this pair of shoes for this rich gangster-type guy, and his fancy machine breaks, and so he has to go downstairs into the basement and use his uh, old... Hands? Yeah, he, <laughs> He has to go downstairs and use this old stitcher, right, that still works to get him on time. And the guy doesn't come and pick him up that night, so he tries them on because they're his size. And then he turns into that guy. Then he figures out that every pair of shoes that he uses on this magical stitcher in the basement, uh, he can turn into that person. This sounds like a bunch of bullshit. It sounds like it sucks. Yeah, he turns into a transvestite, a zombie... I'm kind of interested uh, in little, watching this, even a, though... A short, black, fat kid. Wow. A gangster guy. Huh. Um, so, let me ask you okay. how this plays out on screen. Is Adam Sandler playing these roles, or are these people, like the short, fat, black kid, doing Adam Sandler impressions? They just put a black coat, uh, like a, oh, a, no. a trench coat on the kid and the scarf to, to symbolize that, yeah, that's still Adam Sandler under there. But it is a different actor. But they just give the actor the same. They just pass around this coat and this scarf so that you know that that is Adam Sandler so, in mm-hmm. the shoes. So Adam Sandler doesn't have to be in the movie very much. <laughs> right. He was so, there for a day. So Adam Sandler um, has a mom that he's taking care of. You know, the dad had split and left Adam Sandler the cobbler shop. And what ends up happening is the mom really wants to have dinner one more time with the dad. She's still in love with him. She, they haven't seen him since he split. And... So he makes a pair of shoes out of his dad's old shoes and turns into his dad and has dinner one last time with his mom. And then she dies in her sleep. And then he's like, he's, he's <laughs> so she's got, she's got, and then, and then, and then, and then. This is how the making of this film went when the pitch was happening. They finally just kicked the guy out because he kept saying, and then they're like, yep, we're making it. Give him $48,000 oh, to get I, out. I think Cartman wrote this movie. Like, so Adam Sandler goes in and he's got a, a magic cobble machine. 
Yeah. Adam Sandler script idea 754 is the cobbler. Yeah, I won't ruin it for you if you haven't seen it and you actually want to watch it I and don't. see what happens at the end. There is a twist. Ugh. Uh, just fast forward to that twist. That would be fine. Adam Sandler becomes <laughs> Santa Claus. Oh, my God. They should have thrown that in there. Why not? Fuck. All right. So what's the review? Uh, don't. 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 Yeah. Right. I like that it is based on the premise of not understanding cobbling. Like, <laughs> hand, yeah, the hand-stitched soles is the whole point of the cobbler. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, and, and well, when you're a mythical... Hollywood producer, you don't need to know shit about fuck. I, I guess not. And you know, the, the traditional cobbler story is that he is an old man who can no longer really make the shoes, but his somebody dies and he has to take care of this little kid, so he's trying his best to support this family yeah. that he gets. And these little elves come in and make the shoes mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And not, I have a magic fucking stitcher down in my basement yeah. that know, I've been covered up with an old rag cloth. Starting with, I don't know shit about fuck, and then going and then for, that's bad movie premise. And then putting Adam Sandler in it. Well, Adam Sandler can uh, sink any ship, so. You know, actually, he didn't do that bad. (laughs) Except for you just told everybody, don't watch it. Don't watch it, Moving on to Good Neighbor, Bad Neighbor. This is the all-ladies edition. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be one of the all-ladies edition. Starting with, well, hello, Clarice. Anthony Hopkins is not a lady. Not yeah, that's Anthony what I was going to say. What Clarice, Agent, uh, whatever the hell her name is, Agent Clarice <laughs> well, from Silence good. of the Lambs. This is good. Oh, you don't even know who your uh, good neighbor, bad neighbor, somebody who I don't know who their name is. Her so, name is Clarice. From Silence of Go. The Lambs. Her name is Clarice. On the spot, there, sons of bitches. Agent, what's her face? You Starling. know what I'm saying, Starling. Hey, Agent yeah. Starling. Do you do you hear the lambs? Do they do they still cry out? Tell you, agent. That's the worst. That you know what that impression was. That was the guy from Bad Cemetery. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you hear the lambs, yeah. Starling? Don't go out. Don't <laughs> don't go towards the lambs. Don't go. Agent Starling from Silence. She's of a lambs. good neighbor because she's always gone. Is she? I I'm gonna say bad neighbor because she would be the bitch that would come over and be like. Your lawn is looking a little high this week. She's got issues. Don't you think that you should uh, mow that down according to the FHA Home Association? The FHA, She's the future. Future that's Farmers right. of America. No, that's FFA, Future Homemakers of America. You had it right the first time. Yeah, and so she's got her stinking ruler out, and she's like, mm, my grass is exactly where it should be. Your grass is about an inch too high. I would say that instead of complaining, she would actually just find, like, the one-month that she's home every six months, she would dig up dirt and then, like, use the FBI to fucking lock you up forever. My point is you can never trust anybody that has seen a man eat another man's brains. You can't trust them. She's a bad neighbor. And, you know, really, from that movie, all brains. I could think was she probably has Fresh a smelling crotch. <laughs> what? What? Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> I think that based off that movie, she probably has a smelly crotch. Or he's got a really major sniffer. Like, he's got Wolverine powers. That's why he's in there is because he's Wolverine. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. But that's that's what I just carried through that whole movie with me. It's like, oh, you're, you're not sneaking up on anybody, honey. She's lonely. Mm-hmm. She's putting the vibe out there with, with the waft. <laughs> she's, she's fertile, but no one's taking, so she's just got eggs dropping out of her miniskirt. <laughs> All right, that's a good na- or a bad neighbor on Agent Sterling. Three <laughs> yeah. for three. Poorly argued, bad neighbor. Ripley! Again, uh, actually, Ripley's a bad neighbor because she's so, she's not there for like, 
183 years or something. So her house just dilapidates and drops the property value of the entire neighborhood. It mostly dilapidates in the summer. Mostly. Oh, boy. <laughs> but she's gone. That's the thing is that that's uh, non-faster-than-light space travel. She left. She didn't come back for like 183 years. Yeah, yeah but, and by uh, then, the hobos have moved in next door. You know, you've got graffiti in a crack house. Mm, They're doing mm, meth in the house next mm-hmm. door because they know she's not there and nobody's going to say anything. Actually, I think it was only like 47 years, but still. Yeah. That place went to shit. Yeah, yeah that's graffiti town central mm-hmm. with some mis vagrants. I think no neighbor is almost worse than uh, just somebody who sucks. If she's there every six months and she's paying like Clarice. At least the yard doesn't go to hell. Yeah. 43 yeah. years, that shit's fucked up. And just in case she does come home, she's got a little something in her tongue. She's Pragers. <laughs> and an then alien. you will be. <laughs> what are those called? The aliens? The Xeno? They're called like Xenobites. Xenomorphs. Yeah, Xenomorphs. Yeah, you got a, one of those guys. One a face sucker coming coming up. You're just going to be open up your garage one day. So I've got face a question. This is... You think your aunt problem What is happens bad? if instead of like your you know, on a spaceship and you're doing the survey thing and you're not, like, really looking. You're not surveying. You're actually, like, mining or whatever. So you don't give a shit. Like, oh, look, there's a bunch of eggs here. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're looking for fucking uh, iron. Is there any iron here? Go find the iron. But then you walk down, you know, away from the dig because you got to take a poop. (laughs) Hey! Would a face sucker suck your butt? (laughs) It's got to get in somehow. Yeah, I think that that would work. I think that would actually work better. You know, Led Zeppelin made an album out of that and through the outdoor. And then, (laughs) so, instead of, like, the thing with the stomach or whatever, like, oh, my butt hurts, and then they're, like, looking, and all of a sudden... So, you're saying that proctologists all have poopy face suckers on them. And that's the one, the position that you never really see. (laughs) He's, like, the guy in the back of the spaceship, like, Todd Kent poop. So they bring in the proctologist from the back. <laughs> well, let me get a look at now. There's like the ship's doctor's like, oh, I don't look at that shit. <laughs> bring in the proctologist. <laughs> uh, last but not least, Stargrove. Lance Stargrove. <laughs> He's not a lady. Yeah, that's not He's a, a goddamn lady. American He's hero. He's a lady boy. He's- I've actually decided that I need to find that for my phone. And every time I go golfing, before I swing the club the first time, I'm going to make somebody play that out of a boombox. Stargrove! And then I'm going to hit a tree or somebody's house. <laughs> and they're like, yep, just it's like, not working just today. Like old Lance Stargrove. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Stargrove. Good neighbor, bad neighbor. Mm. Transvestite terrorists shoot up your place all the time. It would suck. Not to mention he's got grenades in the garage for absolutely no reason. Next to next to uh, flammable paint. Yeah. And everything is bad if your neighbors with Stargrove. Because let's say the terrorists don't come and all the weapons don't blow themselves up. Then you live next door to a kid that's being pushed too hard for no reason. <laughs> And he's just a dickhead to you all the time. Like, he one-ups your shit constantly. Constantly. He would pee in your pool. He would totally pee in your pool and blame it on somebody else. Or <laughs> he would stand up and be like, Stargrove. Lance Stargrove. Either that or he would pee in the shape of a star. <laughs> like, on your hot tub cover that's kind of dusty, and you know it's him, because it's like, there's a star pissed into my hot tub cover, 
I fucking hate you. <laughs> or if you caught him doing it, he would just turn to you and go, Stargrove. <laughs> no, he would do it. He would do it in the high voice. Stargrove. And then he would shake it three times and then walk away. You shake it three times and then say, hey, I ain't playing with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's three bad neighbors I struck out on any good neighbors this week. Sam, tell us about Corvette Summer. Corvette Summer was made in 1978. This film is a product of what is now known as the USC Dirty Dozen. Mm. You're talking the University of Southern California? Yes. Which used to be known as the, and the, these products were from, it's now the USC Film School, I believe, but it was originally called the USC Film Hyphen Television Program. Okay. The dozen who have had a lasting imprint on the film industry are George Lucas. Sure. John Milius. Oh, yeah. Howard Kazanjian, mm. producer of such films as <laughs> Raider of the Lost Ark. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Ah, okay. Alright. Walter Murch, Academy Award winning film editor and sound editor of Apocalypse Now, The Conversation, Godfather Part 2, The English Patient, and Cold Mountain. It's a nice resume. Hal Barwood, screenwriter, who was, of course, the producer of this film. Bob Gale, Academy Award nominated screenwriter Bob and Gale, producer. Bob Gale, the, uh, uh, creator of Batman. Nope. Uh, Bob Gale is the screenwriter and producer of the Back to the Future trilogy. Oh, yeah. That Bob Gale. Yes. We'll, Batman's his not in counterpart those. will be listed later. Matthew Robbins, screenwriter. Randall Kleiser, director of Grease, The Blue Lagoon, and It's My Party. Caleb Deschanel, Academy Award nominated, but still hasn't won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He will. Yeah. Deschanel's going to win a director of photography award. He did the right stuff. How he didn't win for that yeah, is blue. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the Natural, <laughs> The Patriot, Passion of the Christ. Uh, he did, uh, that, that horse shit that won the, uh, the Smabfa for, uh. Oh, yeah, that one. Need for Speed? No, didn't, wait, which did, uh, Russell Crowe win for? Did he win for Noah or? He won for Noah. Oh, he didn't win for, what was the other one? Winner's Tale. Uh, yeah. Kendall or Les Miserables, he was in that too. But that was not Smabfa. Uh, Deschanel shot, uh, we just said it, what was it? Winter's Tale. Winter's Tale, which looked good. I R- like the unicorn in that movie. That was not part of principal photography. Oh. Just so you didn't Damn actually it. have a unicorn for he that movie. Had nothing to do. Yeah, with he that. didn't shoot the he unicorn. He had nothing to do Fuck. with the fifth worst part of that movie. Well, and he's also, of course, the father of the Deschanel daughters, mm, yes. Zoe, and what's the other one that's in Bones? Uh, Aloysius. No, mm. whatever. Margot. Ro- Robert Dalva, Academy Award nominated editor for The Black Stallion, Jumanji, Jurassic Park three, and Hidalgo. Willard Hyuk. Academy Award nominated screenwriter of such films as American Graffiti. But unfortunately, he also directed Howard the Duck. <laughs> and Robert Zemeckis, who we mentioned in his, uh, or I mentioned the Back to the Future trilogy with Bob Gale. Uh, director of such films as Freddy Got Fingered and, uh. Zemeckis did not do Freddy Got Fingered. Um, The Wiz. Zemeckis? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. He did those. He did I'm those. I'm going That's to what I know just I'm ignore from. you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the the big ones I didn't do any qualifiers because we should know who Zemeckis, Milius, and and Luke, uh, George Lucas are. Matthew Robbins directed the film. He is not listed as part of the core of the dozen, but has been involved with them and their counterparts. He was an uncredited writer on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He also directed Batteries Not Included and one of my favorite sleepers. 
Dragon Slayer with Peter McNichol doing his best Mark Hamill impersonation. So, it sounds like a lot of really talented people were part of making this movie. No. What well, happened? This is related to uh, people no, this who is, made this movie. This is oh, people okay. that were part of the Dirty Dozen. Hal Barwood was part of the Dirty Dozen, and Matthew Robbins, Hal Barwood the producer, and Matthew Robbins the director who was involved with them, Hal Barwood was one of them. Uh, Matthew Robbins is just associated with them because he was sort of on the second generation with Spielberg, and uh, I believe Spielberg was the producer of uh, Batteries Not Included. Uh, Barwood would also co-write Dragon Slayer, which I like a lot, I already mentioned, and he also did not receive credit for his involvement with Close Encounters, because apparently Steven Spielberg is a huge douche. So, I've got a question. Sure. Do, do you like Dragon Slayer? I do. Hmm. I Dragon really Slayer. Like, I like I, that I, movie a lot. I have nowhere to go with Sam liking Dragon Slayer, because he has beat it to death. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned... Actually, I'll, this is not even in my notes. Uh, both Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins made Dragon Slayer, now, which is our, a movie that Sam likes. And they yeah, also and, made this movie. And did you know, Justin, that Sam is the president of ILikeDragonSlayer.com? I did, fan I did club? know that, yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as does Justin makes that clear. website, I will be the president of it. Because you can be the president of websites, as far as I know. <laughs> I, I think that that's a thing. If, if that is a thing, I'd like to be the president of a couple websites, the... BigKnockers.Sam would be one that I'd be a president of. All of these big knockers are approved by our president, Sam. Loves. He liked it so much he bought the company. Yeah. It's just like fucking Bosley. Ask LeBron James. Hey, yo. Oh. Oh. There were. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill, of course, is the star of this. We don't have to say anything other than he's a damn fine American. Annie Potts is the co-star. This is her first feature film. It is not her first appearance. She was in a TV film before this. Was this uh, before she did Designing, Designing Women? Women? Much. <laughs> much. No. Okay. No. So this is a young Annie Potts. Very young. <laughs> like, I have not seen this movie, so no. I just got to clarify this. But it's 1978. Yeah. And, and I said. It started in like 85, this 86. Is her first feature film and her second appearance beyond a television movie. Oh, wait, except for Designing Women. <laughs> which, which was a successful television show that ran for eight seasons. And, hey, you know, that's it, not a television movie. It's a show. It's a show. Let's, <laughs> There's a difference. I know. You know that Delta Burke was married to Gerald McRaney? I did know that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who Gerald McRaney is, no. Jackie? He's major fucking dad. <laughs> and Rick Simon. Oh. Simon and Simon. Oh. Fuck yeah. She scored. Yeah, he divorced her ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Actually, she might have divorced him. Either way. Delta Burke was fabulous. <laughs> Corvette Summer, please. Corvette Summer. Anyway, we'll talk about designing women on our own segment, Sam. There were two Corvettes made for the film, the main car and a backup model. Both were built for MGM by Dick Corks of Corky's Custom Studios. The main car was often displayed during the film's publicity tour, and both cars were later sold by MGM to private parties. The original car was sold to an Australian collector and restored to look different from how it appears now in the film. Oh. An original mold of the car was displayed at the Corvette American Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, mm. and is now part of the collection in the National Corvette Museum. Good. That's not the one that had the sinkhole a couple years ago, is it? No, I don't think so. Because that would be a damn shame, because they lost, like, 30 Corvettes in that museum. 
It might be, actually. Uh, I would be real hot mad. The backup car remained in the U.S. was owned for a while by Mike Yeager of Mid-America Motor Works in Effingham, Illinois, and was on display there between periodic car shows. Fran Drescher, uh-huh. her scene was deleted. I already said that. Yay. It's kind of anticlimactic. It's weird. She's that, not uh, in it, though. Not it's anymore. Weird that they had two ladies that are super, very uh, nasally. nasally. I was going to say, jinx, Sam. I was gonna say super thin, skinny, uh, like 100 pounds and nasally in the same uh, film. I think that I'd go so far as to say that they were both super thin and then possessed C-cups, which is kind of hot. Mm. Uh, you should watch Corvette Summer. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. You can smuggle some C-cups. I've seen it happen. Right. Smuggling. Right. Fran Dresser was actually in some of the pr- posters before huh. release and then cutting room floor. You have no idea what her part was? She's like any lady who friend. didn't end up in the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Usually. Beck liked this movie so much that he wrote a song about it entitled, I believe, Corvette Summer. Fucking A, man. What album's <laughs> that on? Your favorite. Sea Change? I don't know, isn't it? What is that? Oh, that's not called Corvette Summer. No. On um, the one after Sea Change. Garrow? No, that's the one before or after Sea Change, the one after Garrow. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I don't I think it was. I don't know which song it is. I'm bad at research. Summer Girl. There's Summer Girl on that album. It might be that. Mm. That might be it. Anyway. If that song is about Corvette Summer, I just lost my shit. It is about Corvette I Summer. I fucking love no, that. No, actually, you're right. My son. That's what this movie. Holy yeah. shit! And I'm going to even go so far Bro-stock as to say. just went through the roof on Beck. And that's why, yeah, it's Summer Girl, because and in conjunction with that thought, Mark Hamill said of this movie around the time of its production, I insisted on looking different, and I'm only interested in the car, not even any girl, until Annie Potts came along. It's not a car movie, it's really a love story. It's a love story. This is, it's, yes. I I, I am the only person in this room that has seen this movie. I think so. Is that correct, Sam? You've never seen this? No, I've never seen this. I quested after this movie for about 12 years, and when I saw it, I thought it was going to be a badass car racing, butthole, cheapy Mark Hamill movie, all a slipstream type, like, what is going on in this film? And when I saw it, I was like, this may be the best bad movie I've ever seen. It's yeah. bad. It's got all the staples of a bad movie, but it's so charming and fun and lovable that it's it transcends bad movies into, like, wait, is this a good movie? I, I don't know. I'm excited yeah. about it. This is a, well, as he said after it came out, and I will uh, abridge the full quote, which you'll be able to read later on the website. But he, uh, after the release, was like, you know, this is just a really nicely written romance movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, even he himself, not knowing how it was going to end up, enjoyed it immensely, thinking that it was a car movie, got into it, knew it was a romance, and I was like, man, that just really turned out well for a romance. It should have been billed more as that. I want to say so much about this movie right now because I. I have a whole lot of feelings about this film that I will have to save for the actual review episode, but, uh, uh, spoiler alert, it, it's a, it's a have to watch. Everybody on Earth should have to have watched this movie. Whether you like this sort of stuff or not, it's just like, I huh. have read somewhere that all of the Cusack romance movies, the rom-coms that Cusack did early in his career basically aspire to be this, the, aspire to the feeling that this movie creates. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, keep an eye out for 
Danny Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci. Brian James. Oh, shit. Stinker Madness favorite yeah. Brian James. And speaking of Stinker Madness favorite, Dick Miller. <laughs> Wait, who's Dick Miller? You know who Dick Miller is. The Corwin guy. He's in everything that uh, oh, Dante ever that did. Dick Miller. Dick Miller, yeah. Yes, the Dick Miller. Is, yes. Dick Miller Dick is Miller. fucking amazing, man. Uh, the Garbage Man and Burbs, if yeah. anybody can't think Any of Any Joe Dante movie, Dick yeah. Miller's in it. Most, he's in he's in all sorts of shit. Anyway, yep. a lot of Corwin stuff. And Wendy Joe Sperber. So, there we go. There you go. Well, there's the show. Uh, definitely seek out Corvette Summer. Yeah, I believe it's two ninety nine to rent on iTunes. And apparently Google worth Play every penny. And YouTube. Uh, it's totally worth every penny. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. And even the trailer, we'll just watch the trailer on our website, and you will be like, yeah, I'm in. Uh, three bucks, I'm in. Yeah, I can't wait. I bet this is going to be great. In the meantime, get to the Corvette. Blockade Runner. Thank you for listening to Stinker Madness. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoyed it and we'll come back to listen more. But now, we'd like to ask all of our listeners for a small favor. We aren't ranking as high as we'd like, and we need your help. Would you please take just a couple of minutes to rate and review us on your preferred listening platform, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you can. It takes many hours each week to bring you this show, and just a couple seconds of your time is a huge help for us. And for those of you that have already done this, we say thank you. <laughs>